everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Picture Perfect. I'm your host, Bobby Gross, and again, weekly tradition, this is a big show. Um, it just so happened that I don't have not just one person as my guest. We have two. We have Amber Coates and Maxwell Haddad. What is up, guys? How are you guys doing? Hello. We're fabulous. Hanging out. Hanging out in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the mood lighting right now too, and it actually matches the the, the background on the video, which is nice too. It's That's like we plan this out. I even got the sign that says Jungle Cruise. I know what I'm doing. <sighs> you are a professional producer. I which am. Makes sense. And I I spend a lot of time streaming over the last year and a half, and investing way too much money in stuff to make my streaming look a little bit better. So here we are. Well, it looks great. Oh, thanks. Everything looks great. You guys look great. I oh. look okay. It is what it oh, is. No. You're doing you look great. you look wonderful. Um, for people that don't know, we're we're recording this at 124 in the morning. Um, <laughs> because we're busy people. Um, we have lives, we have things to do, people to see. And uh so I'm I'm dragging ass a little bit right now, but uh, you know, Max and Amber come on the stream and they just like gave me a shot of energy. So I'm doing my best. That's what we're good for. It's because we're typically awake now anyway. This is one twenty-four in the morning for me is like lunch. (laughs) Or it's normally when we do our best eating too. High five. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Gotta love the binge eating. I do the same. Oh yeah. One thirty, two o'clock in the morning. You have nothing better to do. You just eat. Air pop popcorn is the best two AM snack. I agree. Little spot on there. Amber, you're coming over from the Let's Get Ready Network. Tell tell everybody about that. What are you guys do, uh, up to over there these days? The question is, what aren't we up to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so legitimately, uh, right now we have two Schmodown shows. We, we actually just uh, brought in a few new team members and absorbed a podcast called Any Given Schmoday. So we have um, the Schmodown Crackdown, which is our Friday show. Uh, which goes deep dive into the week Schmodown matches. We have the Any Given Schmoday, um, and they they just do another another light deep light light deep dive. Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, those are things. I it guess is now. Um, yeah, I make up what I want, so that's how we go. Um, and then I am I I'm the host of the Gold Standard, which is our first class league show. Nobody in this room is part of the first class league. Oh, sorry. Hey, what's up? He actually hosted my show because I was on a plane tonight so that, I that, did. wasn't that nice yes yeah, toast um, the gold standard earlier tonight and uh then we have the holocron which is justin and Medor's uh star wars baby we have lgr reviews which we do um mostly it's we touch on a lot of the marvel shows so mm-hmm. we, do, we do the long form reviews of those we also um do quicker reviews of movies i just did a um a black widow review with justin and the thumbnail is absolutely perfect and we did loki reviews we did loki reviews we did um wandavision reviews we did wandavision reviews every week for nine weeks i love it that was actually how i got started on the network we started in january and let me tell you you really get used to being a podcaster when you're doing episodes of things every day it was during like i want to say pre-draft week and all the tv shows started and i was like I don't know what being off camera is like. It's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then we're doing a lot of Twitch stuff. They, they, they do games on Twitch. Danny plays. Dude. Nice. Everybody gets to listen to Danny be angry and 
Brazilian Portuguese. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what you're saying is you're covering all the bases and uh, people that aren't watching all of the content that you're putting out are idiots. That's essentially what you're saying. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we we also have like a sports show. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff going on. Like right now we have four main hosts and two co-hosts and we, we divvy up a lot of work. It's like, it's like, all right, cool. So we need more people and we're trying to write articles and we're doing all kinds of stuff. It's just doing big things over there. I love it. I don't know. Well, we'll put the, the links to all that stuff in the description. If you guys want to go check that out and you mentioned it, uh, briefly before Amber, you kind of teased it. Maxwell, you're in the first class league movie trivia showdown. How how has that experience been? Because I mean, it's just so daunting. You're not necessarily on the main shows, but still, you're like still competing and just honestly, I've been super impressed with your matches too. So, like, tell me, like, how how has that been? I love it. I mean, just to be a small part of the showdown is a dream come true. Um, I've loved being a part of the first class league. It's really exciting to be a part of something on the ground floor and help build it yeah. out. Um, I've had two matches so far, one, one lost the other, but I think it was an honorable loss. I came really close. I made my opponent sweat more than anyone else had, uh, may or may not have another match coming up in the near future. I did draw the hmm. only blood that anybody had drawn on this season. Um, I, I love it. it. It's, it's a learning experience. Um, I'm certainly not camera shy, so I don't need to develop those skills, but the trivia, you can always get better, and it's a blast. I'm certainly not camera shy. Um, Yeah, and like, you know, I'm also uh, part of the Off the Rails Network, formerly the PJ Campbell Network. We just went through a major rebranding two weeks ago. Um, We took about a month-long hiatus to really, you know, figure our next steps out, you know, with, with... we are still in the middle of the pandemic. That being said, things are reopening. People are back to work. Our schedules were, you know, were changing. So, you know, we we decided to both rename it and relaunch the way we're doing things. So we do a show every Sunday night called The Unwind, which is live. Uh, we have shows like Suddenly Soundtracks, Book Nook, Front Center Mezzanine. We do a very silly show called Box Box. Uh, uh, we have a new show called Something Rotten. Um, we do watch along sometimes. Uh, we have a, a new show coming up called Movies That Aren't Star Wars, um, which is mostly Sean Sullivan hmm. watching movies that aren't Star, Star Wars because he's oh. much, wonder you know, what that could have been about. Right. Um, I think we actually named it on the air. I think I we did. I'm also a part of that network, yeah. too. Amber is also part of the Off Lots the of networks. Um, we do everything basically together. Yeah. So we have a lot of fun over there. What I love about it is, you know, it's definitely schmodown ancillary because we're all involved in some way or, or another, but we don't actually do schmodown content. So it's like a safe, fun, fa- safe, fun space with people who you know and recognize, yeah. um, but we're not there breaking down matches. We leave that to the pros over at LGR and, and stuff, and we just have a good time. Pros. Pros. Yeah. That's kind of like what this show if is. If like- pro, then... <laughs> Hundred like, percent. Speak for yourself. I am definitely a pro. Oh, and he's an award-winning <laughs> pro producer. Producer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's but here, one thirty in the morning, folks. Yes, it is. Here, here's the real question I have. You, you two have, you know, these big networks. 
Um, when are we launching our three person Mets podcast? I mean, we, we there's so honestly, many shows on these networks, it has honestly, to happen. Honestly, just say when, and I'm so down. You have no I, idea. We all have a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts on um, a lot of thoughts. I could, I could both wax poetic and give uh, be angry for 30 be, minutes, be angry and give detailed <laughs> analysis of what I would do differently. Um, like to make a, a long story very short, I think we've seen the impact of the new ownership, but I also think at the same time there are a lot of systems in place that are lingering on from the Wilpon era that simply mm-hmm. cannot be changed and rectified in half a season. I think Cohen came in on a sinking ship and he's doing the best he can with his hands to get the water out so it doesn't sink. And I like a lot of the moves and I remain somewhat bullish about their prospects, especially because the national league East is by far the worst division in all of major league baseball this season. Yeah. If they were in any other division, I mean, their season would be as good as over at this point being in the NL East. I think they have a shot. Um, but it's been fun to watch them play. It's nice to have a full season. So yeah, yeah that's true. Let's do a Mets podcast. Just say, just say when. I'm down. And coincidentally enough, we just found out we're all going to the same September 11th game in in City Field, which is yeah. just where they're playing. Yeah. The, where they're playing the Yankees. So, so we can boo the Yankees really well, loudly. Very loudly. Really, very loudly. Very, very exuberantly. And so stay. Stay and tuned so like, to one of these networks for this show. Pictures or videos to PJ so that he cries into his soup. Yep. And why is he eating soup? I don't know. <laughs> of all the things he could cry into, you went for soup? Especially I mean, it's summertime. So, I mean, are we really eating soup? You always got to wear yours everybody else to go eat breakfast. He does. I'm like, why are you like this? <laughs> this is the kind of chaotic energy I needed tonight. Um, well, listen, you don't get people who work for the Off the Rails Network and expect anything to go the way it's supposed to go. I think I accidentally named it. You did. And, <laughs> and, and, and the little tagline is, where we're going, we don't need rails. I love that. <laughs> that Boom. is incredible. Well, because everywhere I go, everything always goes off the rails. We've been in a, like a jungle cruise review for ten minutes and haven't even—that's the first time we've ever really said the words. Yeah. What, oh. what is this? What is this uh, episode about? I have no idea at this point. We're just going to keep going on, having, having a good time though. Ninety-five percent of the time, neither do we. Oh. <laughs> no, Speaking of the Mets, here we go. Uh oh, what do we got? Oh, that's that's a really nice bear. Is that a Syndergaard bear? It sure is. Oh, love it. I have all my uh, my whole bobblehead collection in the bedroom. If it were a different kind of episode, I would definitely go and wake up the girlfriend and bring those out. But we're not going to do this here. We yeah, have I to have, do. I have, have like to... like Syndergaard on the Iron Throne and yes, and I have that one. Mister Met and Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon and all that stuff in a case. Off do you camera. do you have Obi Wan Kenobi? No, Robinson I don't have Kenobi? that. One. I don't have that one. No. I just have a Jeff McNeil bobblehead on my desk. You do have a Jeff McNeil bobblehead. But well, he's my Jeff McNeil bobblehead that yep. I got for my first game. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to say it. This is probably my favorite episode so far. Um, this is incredible stuff. Yay! So let, let, you want to have a good show, hire Amber and Maxwell. <laughs> we're not that I, expensive. Don't worry. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I can afford you Frankly, guys. We're just freaking free. Which my mom well, always said, Maxwell, you're cheap and easy. <laughs> Wow. Well, I think I'm on the like the 30 day trial of Amber and Maxwell so far. So I don't know if I'm going to pay for it after 31 days. But if it goes like the rest of these uh, this this 12 minutes so far of not talking anything movies, um, I feel like it would be uh, money well spent. There you go. Yay, everybody. 
Money well spent. Listen. Where's our like stamp of approval? Take take a month off of Paramount Plus and sign up for Ember. Cinemaxwell Plus. Cinemaxwell Plus? <laughs> People aren't supposed to know about that. What? Or if if you're watching at like 11 or 12 at night, uh, Skinamaxwell Plus. Oh, that's that's like OnlyFans, but for like yeah, Broadway producers. <laughs> it's very it's a very niche app. I am very not, niche. I am not taking off my clothes for money. You could probably send feet pictures and people would give you oh, money. Lord. You know that, right? Talk while you send the picture. There are other things I would do for money, but I'm not taking off my clothes. Don't say anything else. Don't show your hand. Subscribe to the Off the Rails Network to find out the answer. Lick your hand. (sighs) Well, guys. We've done so many unwinds from right here and in other places. It's so ridiculous. I feel like we're doing an unwind. I feel like we are too. I love this. I love this episode. Uh, let, let's try to let's try to explain what we've been watching lately. I don't know. Besides Mets games, I think we're all watching those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything that you guys have been watching lately? Movies, television that you guys uh, want to talk about? Anything that's really stuck out to you? Well, avoiding the the elephant or the giant boat or the river in the room. Um, we went and saw that on Saturday. However, I saw Ryan the Last Dragon finally last night. Uh, I thought it was adorable. Uh, I'm a huge fan of water-based movies. Like anything like water magic. Yes, please. <laughs> water-based movies. I love that you're a huge fan of water-based movies because I love sand-based cinema. <laughs> it's 1.37 in the morning and I've been up since 8 o'clock. Me too. <laughs> No, you water movies. I was up at eight thirty. Like water magic. There were dragons and shit. Okay. There was dragons <laughs> and shit in Ryan and the Last Dragon. <laughs> Best review ever. <laughs> Did it. Um, the only thing I really want to talk about uh, is I've been really loving the HBO show The White Lotus. Ooh, I've been meaning to get into um, that. Written and directed by Mike White, yep. um, who I think is brilliant. Um, it's like very, very pointed satire class warfare you have the very wealthy guests staying at a resort in hawaii and then you have the the staff who is you know just dealing with the shit that the wealthy people are doing um i sort of pretend that i keep seeing kaiser in the background because as everyone knows kaiser's been chilling in hawaii um so, I mean, it's four episodes into a six episode miniseries and it's just like sharp and biting and, and really interesting and amazing performances from like Jennifer Coolidge, who may be doing career best work um, and Connie Britton and Steve's on. And my favorite thing is this is a show that wouldn't exist if not for the pandemic. So literally, yeah. I mean, like they, my, there was a whole interview saying that yeah, like, HBO like, went to him to make a pandemic show. Yeah, so they he wrote a show that takes place in a resort in Hawaii. They quarantined for 14 days. They rented out the whole resort. They created their own bubble, so there was no one coming in and out, so there was no uh, fear of the spread of the virus, and they shot. Mike White directed every episode. He wrote every episode himself, and as minimal a crew as needed, and so it, it just goes to show that despite the horrific tragedy of the pandemic, sometimes great art is born out of extenuating circumstances. And uh, it's a really excellent show. May I bring up the Kaiser comment? Because if Kaiser wasn't an episode of this, it would go from like six mini episodes. Oh, it would be like like a five hour episode. Oh yeah. It would be like a 12. It would be like NCIS. 
he like, never would st- never end. He'd never stop talking, and then he'd talk about the wrong thing, not related to the episode, and then nobody would know what he's talking about. Oh, I, I once he- called Kaiser for like the most simplistic oh piece of advice, and next thing I knew, four hours had gone by. This is John Kaiser of the movie Trivia Schmodown. He's a character, isn't he? Like he just Well, what I what I like to say is every time you see him or talk to him, he just becomes a little more Beetlejuice. Mm. <laughs> so be careful you don't say his name three times. Yeah, I was gonna say show up. Hi kids, it's showtime. I'm like, Gee, John, calm down. <laughs> I feel like, like you've said it more than three times, though. So maybe we not in a row. If we say it mm. in a row, like he will get the Streamyard link somehow. Yeah, he'll be like, I'm here. That. Like at this point, why not? Why not have him on the stream? Because this is incredible stuff. Uh, I will say about the White Lotus. I've been meaning to get into it. The thing that that's been frustrating me with these HBO limited series is that most of the time they don't become limited anymore. Like we saw this with Big Little Lies. And sure. now with Mayor of Easttown, there, there's rumors of a season two. Like, I feel like, w- is this the kind of show that limited series, but could you see a season two of this thing? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I think they could make a season two if they wanted to. You know, and seeing as how, you know, Big Little Lies was based on a book, right? So the first season, which I thought was, fantastic of big little lies fantastic yeah hold the complete story of the book and then season two is not nearly as good because they're sort of making it up as they go along at least with the white lotus it's an original idea that mike white just came up with so like i could definitely see again i haven't seen the last two episodes haven't aired yet so for all i know the resort could explode i don't think that's gonna happen but like you know they could definitely go back to the resort I would see it then focusing on the crew with a new group of guests. Um, so it wouldn't bother me that much if they did that. But like with Big Little Lies, it did bother me because it was based on a book and then they decided to keep going. Um, but I, I think Mike White is going to tell a very complete story in this. And then maybe down the line, they'll do more. Hmm. And it's it's funny, too, because I, I don't know what it is. Lately, I'm more attracted to the limited series. It's just like getting into a new show is very daunting these days because there's just so there's so many streaming services, there's so many shows coming out. Like, yeah. I, I don't. It's just chaotic. It's, it's nice to know when you start something that you're gonna get an ending. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, especially with like, I feel like Netflix now is canceling everything. So yeah. a lot of those fan bases that watch well, these shows, it's, it's, it's like it's the same problem I have with a lot of blockbuster filmmaking. And I'll actually talk about this a little bit with Jungle Cruise because I think it avoids this trap. Like one that I just saw that I really didn't care for that that does this is Snake Eyes. Mm. Right. So putting aside all the issues I had with the movie, the last 20 minutes don't conclude the story of the film. It sets up stuff for a sequel that we're almost definitively never going to get because of how poorly it's doing at the box office, which of course is partly due to the pandemic and partly due to the fact that I don't think many people wanted to see a snake eyes movie to begin with. Um, So, you know, the, it's very similar with television now that these networks are giving such short leases to shows. I'm all for telling as much of a complete story as you can in a season. And then if you're lucky enough to get a season two, you know, keep going. Yeah. Um, but then you have something like Manifest, which had a six season plan, got canceled after three seasons. The end of the third season had a massive cliffhanger. 
no one you know netflix may pick it up there's been a lot of talk i don't even like the show but i just think it's fascinating when the network pulls a plug on a moderately successful show with so much unresolved story yeah it's annoying and that's kind of, I think that's slowly starting to seep, seep into the streaming services because for so long it was like network stuff. You never knew. Like you can watch a comedy, a drama. It can have like a really bad stretch of ratings and then it's done. Right. And for so long we thought, okay, if it's on a streaming service, most likely they're going to stick with it because who knows how to measure viewership in relation to budget. I think, I think places like Disney Plus and HBO Max and even Paramount Plus – are doing a, a pretty good job at it. Netflix's big problem is that they have too many shows. Too many. Way too there, many. There are so many shows that I don't even know when they're premiering, and I don't think they give the shows long enough time to linger and gestate in the zeitgeist to even determine if a second season is worthwhile can, or not. You can literally get lost in a Netflix profile. Like, like just never uh, find your way what, back out What again. was that show? Was it Teenage Bounty Hunters? Is that what it was called? Something like that? Yeah, I believe so. Which I thought was a blast and I really enjoyed and I feel like three days after it had premiered, they said it's not getting another season. I'm like, three days is not enough time. Like, you're, you're releasing 150 brand new shows a year. You need to let these things linger. On the flip side, that's why I loved The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blight Manor so much is each season told a complete story if they never make more, you got you got the beginning, the middle, and the end. So that was really a great way to do it. Yeah, and especially with Netflix, like everything just drops all at once. And Disney, HBO Max, they're all doing like I, weekly stuff. I could yeah. I could talk for hours about why nine times Please out of ten prefer we, oh, a boy. weekly drop of of TV shows, but that's for another podcast. I may have to kill him. I know you two are like super into theme parks and Disney and all that. Are you guys watching this behind the attraction on Disney Plus? Uh, Let me tell you about the time we watched the Tower of Terror episode together. Please, together. please. Um, so I'm a former Tower of Terror bellhop. Um, I worked wow. at. Yep, it's my. It was my happy place. Um, actually, my sister and I both worked there six years apart. Um, I worked there in 2006. So strangely enough um actually and this is funny because i've watched the entire series uh he has not i know that for a fact because normally we would have ended up watching it together and i just turned it on while i was like packing for something um so in the tower of terror episode my lovely wonderful friend tj is actually the profile bellhop from florida and he, oh, he was cool. on the oh, yeah it's so dope he was on the opening team um, he was there, like he literally, the only times that he left was, it was to open attractions that he really wanted to open specifically the new star tours when they changed it over from the OG to like the adventures continue right. and then, uh, galaxy's edge. So I don't think he might've left for something else, but I know he was at star tours and I know he was at galaxy's edge on the opening team for rise and for Falcon or smugglers as people call it. Um, so that's really cool to me. Well, we were watching the episode and I saw him pop on the screen. And I was like, TJ! And like I screeched. She did screech. Um, and I was, <laughs> and I, like, I was literally just like telling him random things about the building. Cause I remember all of that stuff. And then we were there this past Sunday. So yeah, we did ride the tower of terror two days ago. We did. It was great. It was good times. Totally um, not jealous. It's, we got the, 
it is a it is a wonderful, amazing attraction. I love watching the behind the attractions things. The only critique that I have is that they make it more about what's here today and not the actual modern Marvel side of the story. Yeah, mm. and I think that that's because I want to see the mechanics. I want to see the Imagineering, and whilst whilst I find all of the make the, like the carbon based makeup of everything in Tokyo fascinating. Because the story is really cool, and I like the way they wrap it into the Society of Explorer and Explorers and Adventures, and I'm sure we'll talk about that one too because Jungle Cruise. Yeah. But I didn't need to see Joe Rody for 30 minutes. Well, no one ever needs to see that ear for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I have. I, I so <sighs> I have not watched all of it. I, I'm enjoying it, but. I think it was partly my own fault. Is like I loved the Imagineering story on Disney Plus. I was going to say, yeah. And so I was good. expecting something in that vein. The tone of this show is a lot snarkier. Um, and then when I realized yeah. it, was, it was by the same team that did the Netflix show, the movies that made us and the toys Aww. that made us, um, it is very much in that mold. Same editing style. Uh, yes. Paget Brewster from Criminal Minds and other stuff uh, is the narrator, and they give her lots of like quips and jokes. And quips and jokes hit well with me, but not everybody, especially if they want to watch something serious and talking about their favorite attractions. I'm yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. So, like, I agree. Like, I was expecting more of a modern Marvels type thing where they actually talk about and show footage of like the construction. And it's it was more like a silly look at like the legacy of of the rides. It's definitely entertaining now, but it's just not what I hoped it would be. I, guess. I would like to say that the yes. Star Tours episode has one of the coolest things that I didn't realize. I didn't know. Um, they There's something you don't know. Well, now I know it. <laughs> so she does know now. Well, now she knows. Great. Oh boy. Um, they explain how uh, Millennium Falcon, the Millennium Falcon smugglers run works. Mm -hmm. How you load and how oh. it moves and how it unloads. Um, and it's actually a carousel like Carousel of Progress. So you oh. don't enter and exit in the same place. So you come in, like, you you walk through the queue, you make it to the actual, like, the uh, hon like Hondo room. Mm -hmm. Then you go through that room into where they give you the, the cards or whatever they're doing now to, to group you into your, into your groupings. Um, they may be giving the cards back out. I know that they're doing it at Fallon again, but who knows? It's, you know, those are the COVID cards. We basically said that they were going to be covered in, in like pandemic. Um, <laughs> like Yikes. they call all of them called it the COVID, like the, the COVID flu or whatever, like the, the Batu flu. Um, one of my very best friends opened it too. So, um, but so then you walk down a little hallway and there are like, there are two little hallways. Well, mm -hmm. there's like, Two, I think there's two or three different bays that you can walk into, and it's one big carousel where you have six chambers, one loading, one unloading, and then four in show. And That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it's really neat to me. I, I think it's absolutely cool. Um, and I'm obsessed with theme park technology. Yeah. I will literally go find the modulators and play them all day, like, except. I need somebody to make a Tower of Terror Orlando and not the California slash Paris version because that's the real Tower of Terror. And yeah. I would like my personal building to be represented with Dude, my fifth dimension. Is, is your name on the deed? I wrote my name on a wall somewhere. Okay. Mm. So I think that counts for something. Um, when So I was 
uh, one of the walls blew out. Like, so in the stairwells, they're double, double layered. And because of the drop shafts being so like heavily pressurized, uh, the vehicles actually, so the vertical vehicle conveyance, uh, or the, the drop shafts, right. Uh -huh. Um, 39 miles per hour is the faster than the speed of gravity. So that's about the speed that the counter levers pull the vehicles. Um, that sometimes creates pressure bubbles within the envelope of the ride. And yep, that's that's exactly how the text said it. So stop being ridiculous. No, I'm just laughing. It's like, come for a jungle cruise. You're a child. Close <laughs> <laughs> um, out walls. I'm, la I'm laughing at the notion that people tune into this expecting a Jungle Cruise review. They just got a 20-minute explanation of the physics of the Tower of Terror. From a bellhop. Anyways. But yeah, no, so I mean, this is fascinating stuff. And what else are we going to talk about 2 o'clock in the morning? It's definitely an enjoyable show. I would just say if you better understand the tone and what you're getting yourself into, the more likely you are to enjoy it. It's enjoyable. It's I've, I'm only like one episode in. I watched the Jungle Cruise episode and I mean, it was fine, but I, I could definitely pick up, like you said, Max, the, the, the editing. And I don't care for those Netflix shows, um, but this is interesting enough to where I'll probably stick with it. But it's also like a lot of the stuff I can imagine is covered in Imagineering Story, which was a phenomenal series that launched with Disney Plus. Yeah, so good. But I also like that. But there's also like a ton of uh, YouTube channels dedicated to like history of rides, like the Funkland and everything like or that. That I've been ex Expedition Theme Park is a favorite of mine. I have a couple yeah. of favorites. Um, so, so a lot of stuff. It's like it's covered already, and I'm expecting a lot of repetitive like facts also, that I already know. There, I think like three of the episodes are Magic Kingdom. At no wait, we've got so wait, it's Jungle Cruise, uh, Haunted Mansion is one of them. Because they talk about the stretch room. Star like, Tours. Star Tours, Tower. And so we've got two studios, three kingdom. <laughs> the attractions hostess that does all three kingdom, like th that that's in the Jungle Cruise one, does all three kingdom rides. Huh. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I know her. <laughs> I was like. You know everybody who works at the I was, there's <laughs> I understand. I mean, she has a bubbly personality. Like, she's going to make friends with everybody, right? It just makes sense. I don't spend time with people who have a personality. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh <laughs> we'll just keep them in that hood for the rest of this episode. Can you talk like Emperor Palpatine? Unlimited power! <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> I think that's pretty spot on. Yes. Ma Max, if everything falls falls away with, with your network and producing musicals, I think you have a future in uh, Palpatine impersonators. Perfect. And McDermott, look me up. I'll just I'll just go spend time on the on the beach from old and I'll look just like him. Oh man, what a what a what a movie that was, huh? Old by far listen, the listen. worst movie I've seen this year. Yikes. Did you watch Space Jam? Space Jam at least was kind of fun. We to, watched it here. To be fair, I was also super cross-faded when I watched Space Jam. Mm. Yeah, that might were. have something to do with it then. Yeah. It was an adventure. It was a trip. So I'll say what I uh, just briefly, I haven't been watching a lot lately, but I have, I'm just about to finish up season two of Mythic Quest on Apple Plus. Oh, we love Mythic I, Quest. I meant to bring it up because I saw you <sighs> tweeted about it. Um, I love this show. I love everything that they have done. 
I love the relationship in season two. You know which one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parking garage kisses. Uh, I loved Everlight. The quarantine quarantine episode. The quarantine episode was brilliant. With what? The Rube Goldberg machine. Wasn't that what it's called? So yes. Oh, so so good. good. Yeah. Did you did you hear how they filmed that? Uh, I I did not know. So there's an article if you if you Google Mythic Quest quarantine episode. Okay. Because that's what I like to do. I like to look up random things. This episode, they sent them all iPhones. Uh-huh. And like, so all of the, the equipment you would need, they shot everything by themselves and just, you know, went for it there, sent back the iPhones and everything, had them like, so the team sterilized them when they got them and cut and edited the raw footage. Then they wow. put in all of the overlays and everything and kind of made it look like they were on video calls and all that stuff. Um, Poppy, like, so when, when Ian comes to meet Poppy at her apartment, it's obvious it's not it's not him right it's poppy's real life husband (laughs) like get out as i am yeah that's crazy and in the dark so so they they darken her apartment because she's supposed to be depressed anyway um and like you know that's the idea so so they you didn't have to see his face you could only see the mask and the hat but yeah so they so good they did such a great job I don't know what it is about this crew. They did such a great job with It's Always Sunny of making you like love and hate these five people <laughs> and like, and just like build this terrible story around them and all the terrible fucking, things they do to Cricket. Fucking and, Frank. And Frank, <laughs> the trash man. Uh, and like, I almost started singing The Nightman, but that's fine. But they took Mythic ah! Quest, right? Exactly. So if It's Always Sunny is <gasps> about terrible people. Uh, Mythic Quest is about a terrible workplace with great people. That's true. And and I'm not I'm not and a <laughs> I'm not a sunny person either, which is like that's why I was kind of hesitant to start this. I'm like Rob McElhaney, it's I'm not it, a huge sunny fan. I find it it's just too mean in small doses and then yeah. But thank you. Yes. Th- this has like Mythic Quest has the elements of Sunny I liked with much richer storytelling and characters. And I love you know I never get over seeing David Hornsby getting put into a decent role. For sure. He doesn't. Well, he's on Good Girls too. And I'm just oh, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That show got canceled. <gasps> and... mm. Don't talk to me about that. That makes me mad. <laughs> but, but yeah, I love Mythic Quest. Sorry, what I... was that? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I love Mythic Quest. I saw that you liked it on Twitter. I was like. Oh, my God. Um, I'm, I got two episodes left. I do enjoy like does this thing in season two where a lot of these comedy shows they kind of like have these one or two off episodes have nothing to do with the show and it's in this season i just finished those episodes those were really great um with cw and i this is honestly like my favorite sitcom since the office i I just i love it my favorite episode of the first season was the one with Jake Johnson and Kristen Milian. Mine too. So good. Like, it, it, it really wasn't about the characters at all, but it was no beautiful, beautiful storytelling. And, but but that story is still in the main. Oh, absolutely. It, story. it, it has like, very much to do with the story, but you know, it's such a bold shift to like not have your main characters at all and still make it compelling. I think I think the thing you can tell the difference between somebody who actually gets with the story that they're trying to tell the narrative versus yeah. somebody who's just a casual watcher by how much they like that specific episode. Yeah, I love that episode. And whether or not they see the Doc and Beans 
tie-in finally when you get to the finale of the season. I know. I love them so much. They're so cute. I can I can never get over Kristen Milioti and Jake Johnson uh, in their own a, respective. It's, it's such a great show, and that's why I kind of like put it out there on Twitter the other day. It's like I have a feeling that the show just isn't being watched by enough people, and that might just be an Apple Plus thing. That's not like Ted Lasso, even though that's probably like it's it's popular, but it's not as popular as like a Netflix show. I, yeah, I saw a graphic recently that illustrated that. Whilst Ted Lasso is definitely the most popular Apple Plus show, it's still compared to Netflix, Disney Plus, um, nothing. HBO Max is is not well that highly watched. Although I suspect that's going to change when Ted Lasso wins like every Emmy in September. And what will because it's up, going to what will end up happening is that that will open the floodgates and more people will start yeah. subscribing, and, and then, then watch, that's when people are going to find Mythic. Because I feel like if you like Ted Lasso, you'll like Mythic Quest. They're cut for sure. Except one's more wholesome. Ted Lasso is a little more wholesome. Yes. yes. Oh, speaking of which, Ted yes. Lasso, such a great show. So good. Oh great. my god, I'm so glad it's back. So good. Didn't oh. see the last the the latest episode, but yeah, no, I mean, we only just... saw the first one. So honestly, like both. Mythic Quest and Tad Lesso kind of like comfort food. Like you just watch and you laugh and you have a good time. And it's it's just such a such a great show. So please check out Mythic Quest. Um, are you guys in on Schmigadoon? On we're gonna watch it. I want to watch it because obviously I'm you know musicals, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. You like musicals? No. I am such a huge. I definitely am not getting lyrics from my second favorite movie, which happens to be a musical tattooed on my arm this week. Definitely yes. not doing it. Hmm. That'd be tattoo number nine for you. That'll be my ninth tattoo. Nueve. I I'm a huge musical person. I'm just waiting for like the whole season to drop, and then I could just binge it. Because I mean, for certain shows, I like watching week to week, but that's one that I could probably just like go through no problem. But I'm I'm such a huge fan of like Keegan Michael Key and Cicely Me Tyson, and the trailer cool. looked great. I'm excited to watch it. There's there's just so much to watch. It really is. It's and a lot a to keep up with. Finite amount of time. Like, I kind of wish that all of the so much to watch had been here like a year and a half ago, because then I just could have. I wish it had been here like 20 years ago when all there was to watch was like The Sopranos. You, back in my day, we had channels two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven. All right, back these kids in my don't know day, anything. All you had to choose from was married with children or the news. Oh my god! We didn't even have the clicker. You had to go up to the TV and turn it yourself. Yeah, the, press the little Bob, button. move the ears. The reception's bad. I was just literally trying to think of what twenty years ago was, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was seventeen and about to graduate from high school. Oh yeah, twenty years ago was actually like there was tons of TV. It's like feels like. Anyways, I'm old. We're old. It's fine. We're very old. Very old. I'm bored. Very old. <laughs> very old. Can I go back another 20 years? Thanks, May. 20 yeah. years ago, um, we were almost in, well, it was a year after Mets in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm essentially what I'm doing here is I'm just pitching our Mets show. So that, that's all this to, is. You don't have to pitch it. It's happening. It's going to be called Jungle Cruise. Yes. <laughs> Jungle Cruise, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I guess we uh, it's 40 minutes in. This is a record for, for the show. I do it at 10 minutes. 
And now we're 30 minutes later. We were talking before. I was like, how long do you think this is going to be? She's like, can't go that long. 30, 40 minutes. We haven't even <laughs> talked about the movie yet, and it's 40 minutes. They didn't even talk about Jungle Cruise, and there's a lot to say about Jungle Cruise. Um, I, I don't know where you land on it, but there is a lot to say. Did you like it? So uh, just everybody, just a reminder, non-spoiler, and then we'll go into spoilers. We'll start the non-spoiler section. Um, so Jungle Cruise, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't like fully I had no anticipation for this movie it just seemed like because Disney live action stuff lately I'm just not into like I wasn't in Cru- into Cruella and you know a lot like Wrinkle in Time and all the stuff that they're drop on Disney Plus it was fine like it just uh, I'm over the villain backstory movies I'm, I'm, I'm done enough. with it um, so this one was kind of like a pleasant surprise to me. I, I, I had a good time in the theater and you know, it's not exactly the kind of movie that you run out and, and see, and you know, it helps that you can spend 30 bucks. If you're a family, you could spend 30 bucks, watch it at, at home on Disney plus, yeah. but it was, it was, it's a fun time to watch like with a crowd and, you know, a lot of chemistry, good chemistry with uh, The Rock and Emily Blunt. I love them in, in this movie, although we'll talk about The Rock. I don't know if he was exactly the right person to be in this movie. Uh, at times, he's just like super The Rock, and I don't know if it needed <laughs> that. But it's yeah. it's it really reminded me of like when I was a kid, these 90 adventure movies it, it has a lot of pirates of the caribbean in it it's got a lot of indiana yeah, jones yeah. um it it pretty much it's like an a throwback to what i would watch as a kid in the 90s but guy yeah. let, let me know uh amber what, what did you think about the movie honestly i'm gonna second everything you said because i legitimately leaned to him and i was like do you feel like you're watching pirates <laughs> like because pirates was the only ride movie that stuck with the masses and I get it that replicate what works and build on that. Um, I loved it. I was, I literally had no hype. In fact, I made him mad one day because I said, I didn't care about seeing it. And primarily because of all of those flops, I was really nervous, but I also know that they're, that they've upped their game over the last couple of years. So, you know, we've been getting a lot more quality entries in movies and, you know, we, we could sit here and say, well, you know, I wasn't super into this, but there are people still paid for it. And that's really the, the nicest part about all this. Disney has kind of revitalized how they do their live action movies. Um, that being said, in and of itself, I think that if they. He's <laughs> making fun of me. Uh, I think that if they replicate the formula. I, I think they have a lot of material based off of the entities surrounding the Jungle Cruise because the movie felt very Adventureland. It felt very, it felt very Disney in a way that I haven't felt things feel like felt that Disney feel in a while. Um, and I'm a big Society of Explorers and Adventures person. I love the Adventurers Club. I love going to the Skipper Canteen. I love. I love the hidden gems that make Disney so magical. And yeah. those have been slowly cleaned away from the theme parks. And this felt like they were like, synergy, we're back. Let's give you this word again. Let's mix everything and mingle it. And we're going to give you 
as many movies as you want built on this one franchise, but they won't just be built on this franchise. Yeah. So it really felt like they were finally tying this overarching story together and building something that they needed to build on a long time ago because they've lost a lot of good attractions because they haven't built that connection. I'm going to get off that soapbox now. Maxwell, what'd you think about the movie, buddy? Yeah. I mean, so conversely to both of you, I was actually pretty hyped for this movie. Uh, I was at D 23 in 2019. Uh, and humble brags for Max. (laughs) No. And, um, the rock and Emily Blunt were there and they had like a big presentation from the movie. That was the first time they had shown footage and you know, obviously it's promotional and you know, they're there to sell the product, but I felt like even then both the rock and Emily Blunt, it felt some, at least somewhat genuine that they really had a good time making this movie. And I liked the footage that I saw Um, and the movie delivered. I'm like super in the pocket for this style of swashbuckling adventure movie. Yeah. Um, look, we could sit here all day and lament how it's basically a like beat for beat rip off of the mummy down to the fact that it's yeah, pretty much a girl and, and, and her brother and then uh, a suave adventurer guy, all this other stuff. I don't care because for me it worked. Um, I had a blast watching this movie. I loved all of the, um, like jokes that come from the ride. Like, so we saw it at Disney Springs and like some of the lines that they replicated from the ride, like the whole theater applauded. So there's a really fun energy in the theater. Um, And I think the director who's done stuff with a lot of work with Liam Neeson, and then he did like Orphan in the Shallows, he actually really brought a lot of energy and visual style to it. It, it, Mm -hmm. It felt like there was some level of, uh, an authorial or directorial stamp to it. Like some use of slow-mo in places. That was really cool. The fact that, uh, you know, James Newton Howard wrote a great score, but then to have Metallica come in and add to it was like a bold swing that I think really worked. And you don't realize it if you don't know what you're listening yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, sometimes the CG wasn't as good as it can be. Yeah. That's probably my biggest complaint, but I'm not the type of person that lets wonky CG ruin an experience. If I'm enjoying the characters in the story, I can forgive that. Um, and I did. I love the characters. I love the romance. I thought Jesse Plemons was just an over-the-top delight as the villain. I had a super, super fun time, and it's definitely something I could see myself revisiting and becoming like in my staple of like adventure movies I put on when I'm in the mood for that sort of movie. I think it's definitely going to be on the, it's going to be on the shelf. Yeah. And it's definitely going to be an IG movie in swashbuckling. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's, 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 you know, I have a problem a lot of times when it seems like the tone is all over the place and the actors don't know what movie they're in. Everybody knew what movie they were in with Jungle Cruise. Um, And they accomplished it. I mean, Jack Whitehall, who is really funny in this movie he he's like so, the kind of the wacky brother character and he, he 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 nails it we're not doing spoilers just yet. not not yet not yet okay because i there's something i really want to talk about his character but i want to i want to save it i i think it. i think we i think if you've seen the movie you probably have a good idea what that could be yeah, but, but every, um, everyone in the cast like i love when i watch a movie and it's clear that everyone knew what movie they were making Hundred percent. Like everyone from Paul Giamatti. Oh to my God. Jesse Plemons to Jack Whitehall. Uh, I love that Trader Sam is a character in this movie. 
Like, if you know anything about Disney lore and, like, Adventureland, the fact that Trader Sam is a character, like, it had my Disney Parks nerd heart all aflutter. I think I screeched. Yeah. No, you, like, grabbed my arm and you're like, like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it, it sounds cheesy, but, like, this is why I love big blockbuster entertainment when it's just fun. Like, this movie to me is pure fun in a way that I... Like I said, I'm super in the pocket for this type of movie. It gives you a lot of nostalgia. I think to see and love this movie, you have to have been a child who went to the parks. Like, if you you didn't, it just doesn't hit. And, you know, it feels like a movie that's really easy to be cynical about, and I've definitely seen a fair share of that. But for me, like, I have no no cynicism for this movie at all. It's just... Like you're right. It it even though it was the first time I'd seen it, it felt like I was already nostalgic for it. Like yeah. I, I love movies where people are like swinging around on ropes and they're in the water and they're in the jungle and there's like magic. Uh, and it, the, I would classify this as a water based movie. Yes, absolutely. I've never and, that down. Um, I I think I I really liked. I don't think it's a spoiler. Like as the movie goes on and new elements are introduced, I like the mm-hmm. way like the 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 history and the magic of what was happening was 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 folded in i thought was really smartly written um you know within the parameters of a disney theme park movie we're not talking about you know something by paul thomas anderson here but i think for what this movie wants to be i think it's pretty much a home run because i'm a firm believer in a movie sets out to accomplish a certain set of goals and to me jungle cruise nailed those goals agree and I totally get the criticisms of this movie. Um, how this movie cost two hundred million dollars and at a time looks like hot garbage with their with the effects. Like talk about pirates again. Those effects in the first Pirates of the Caribbean and even in Dead Man's Chest. Oh, I um, I, still, I still think incredible. Davy, I still think Davy Jones is the greatest special effect maybe of all time. It's yeah. so good, and that movie is what almost twenty years old. So six, yeah. So it's like. You, you, I, you know, I don't think the the CG in this movie was terrible. It just some of it wasn't great. But I don't, I don't really care about CGI. I don't. People are always like the CGI is terrible, so the movies are in. I'm like, meh. Well, when when there's points in this movie where it kind of slows down, and you can clearly see that they're in front of a green screen. It's when you know a lot of times movies i mean if it's 200 million dollars i would expect you know some kind of traveling involved like these well, guys would 50 million of that probably just went to the rock oh for sure i mean especially I mean, since his like his, and his <laughs> i mean he produced the movie like his company helped produce this yeah. movie so that's that's totally fair um but there's like a, a animal character in this that just looks awful although i Every... love the character yeah I, it's a good character. it's a good you know it's a new I don't know. It just it didn't do anything for me. But I totally, I totally, you know, it's a it's a Disney thing. You always have to have like an animal side character. I'm a sucker for an animal sidekick. What can I say? I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for like a cat sidekick. So I'm just like, oh, I want her. Can I have her? He's just but like, like oh, calm down. She's not real. I'm like, but I want her. But like you said, Max. I mean, this is like a carbon copy of the Mummy. Yeah, it, it is. really is. So. In a way, if you're going to spend that kind of money on this movie, which is just insane to me, how you're... And The Mummy is one of my favorite movies. I love The Mummy with all my heart. Um, And look, if you're going to rip something off, that's not a bad place to start. And I think it's a really good rip off. (laughs) 
it's it's a fun time. Like you know, if you go to the movies wanting a fun time, this is the movie for you. Um, there's things in this film that make absolutely no sense. Um, the rules in this universe doesn't make much sense. Um, but if you just like want to vibe with The Rock and Emily Blunt on on a river, um, th- this oh, movie's for Emily- you. I think Emily Blunt is one of the great woman movie stars of our generation. She's an incredible actress, and I think she should have at least three or f- if not four Oscar nominations that she hasn't gotten. But like pound for pound in terms of like sheer charisma and screen presence, like you look at this, Quiet Place, Mary Poppins Returns, even going back to Devil Wears Prada, she is incredible on screen. She, she has a ton fabulous. of range. She, yeah, so much range, so much and depth. And she's one of the, oh. the 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 actors that keeps getting cast in musicals who can actually sing and should be yes. cast in yes. musicals. Like, I'm still kind of mad she wasn't Oscar nominated for Mary Poppins Returns. I thought that was a brilliant performance. It's are you on the Mary? Po- are you guys on the Mary Poppins Returns train? How Love great it. was that movie? Great it's movie. It's so good. Loved, it. Loved that movie. I. I, a lot of people like the the criticisms that I heard were all like, "Why is Lin Manuel Miranda?" In I loved Lin in that. And I thought he was great. Him. <laughs> He's great. So, yeah, I, I love Mary Poppins Returns. Everybody I know doesn't like that movie. I don't get it. I it's have a uh, Mary Poppins Returns Alamo Drafthouse Pine class in my cabinet oh over there. God. He's a it, honestly, it's kind of like right there with the original for me. Like I love Emily Blunt is fan. She's great. I mean, you would never think anyone could come close to Julie Andrews. Emily does. She, she does. Really she really does. And she kind of does have like a Mary Poppins vibe in this too. Yeah. Like, she's very wacky. Um, so I think she kind of drew from smirk. that role. Like the like the wink and smirk. Like like, like I said, it. to me, she's the ideal actress because she's an incredible actress, but she's also a movie star. For sure. And we don't we don't see that a lot. It's and, no wonder why John Krasinski went for her, man. Yeah. She's and she awesome. she holds her own with The Rock too. Like, oh yeah, it, I mean, on, on, I love The Rock, and I think he's really enjoyable in this movie. But it's Emily Blunt's movie. She's yeah. the lead. She she has the emotional arc of the film. She she it's her it's through her eyes as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and I honestly I I would be tempted to slightly argue that they balance each other out very well. Sure. That that it's almost like you can feel that it leans more towards her and every time it leans just slightly too much and dips, somehow they bring it back to him and they're able to balance it like it's a really They good do piece work out. really. I saw someone I I saw someone say something to the effect of the rock is so fun to watch but never has romantic or sexual chemistry with that anyone in a movie. I, I don't know if I agree with that because I felt like him and Emily Blunt actually worked really, really well together. They had not something to, here. Not to say, you know, what does or doesn't happen to those characters, but, you know, they definitely felt like a good team. Like they had that sort of friendship chemistry where you could see them working together again, whether in a follow up to this or something else where you're like, oh, yeah, I like them together last time. Seeing them again together is, is a good it, idea. There's a really great shot that kind of echoes that. And it's it's basically like, the walking away from the explosion shot. Yeah. They're they're all tousled and like they, they have done the thing and it's like, it's perfect. It's the thing that ties together their chemistry. Well, that that's what I was sort of saying where the director like made some choices that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see in a Disney adventure movie that feel a little out of left field, but I think add a real sense of character to this movie. And it's no surprise to me why the rock decided to handpick, him to direct his Black Adam movie. 
I, it definitely intrigues me more about Black Adam too, because I mean, it's not like The Rock works with these A-list directors, like but but Dave Batista, right? He'll he'll he's worked with Denis Villeneuve, he's worked with James Gunn. The Rock kind of like works with these. I, I don't want to say like B movie directors, but there's none that like really transcends genre he's very, he's very loyal to who he works with like i think yeah. he's worked with like ross and marshall thurber like three oh or four God. times now and it's like okay yeah. um yeah but yeah i think we both we all like this movie yeah. um you know it's i don't think it's amazing but it's it's such a good time you know just this is like the perfect movie to just fill your mouth with popcorn and enjoy and and have fun with it. <laughs> We sure did so. Um, so let's go into spoilers. I know Max, you you wanted to talk about um, a um, certain character and w- what your issue was with. Uh, no, not with not, not an issue at all. I, I, as I grab my laptop charger, so this is going to be the Amber and Maxwell show for a couple minutes. Oh boy, um, enjoy. Thanks. Oh boy, oh, we got the full screen. <laughs> Hey. Look, so this isn't necessarily the type of movie where I think spoilers make or break it. So, you know, yeah, The Rock and Emily Blunt get together romantically, and I actually found myself like pretty compelled by it. It was sweet. There's a really good twist with The Rock's character, Frank, who's actually Francisco and was actually an immortal who had been alive for 400 of, years. He was part of the same crew that they tell you about at the beginning. and he, Yeah, which he, I which I didn't see coming and I liked a lot. He betrayed his best friend who was like his brother. Yeah. So it added a nice bit of like mythological lore to the characters. And, did. you know, you think at the beginning that he is just a random skipper that Emily Blunt's character is hiring, but he actually is far more invested in the journey than you expect. But not just invested in it. He is basically the journey. He is the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, journey into the rocks imagination. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is so, so, you know, we've heard for years, like this movie has Disney's first gay character. No, this movie has Disney's first gay character. And yeah, there have definitely been some queer characters in Disney movies, but they're normally like, Lincoln, you miss it mm-hmm. sort of thing. And to be fair, in this movie, Jack Whitehall's character does not say, I am gay. Those words don't come out of his mouth. But there is this, I thought, you know, and for those who don't know, I am proudly and openly pansexual. I consider myself part of the queer community. There's this really lovely scene sort of on the side of the jungle where they're taking a rest where uh, Jack Whitehall's character explains about how you know he kept being offered these wonder like meeting these wonderful women and being set up with them and he decided not to pursue a relationship with them because his interests lie elsewhere um it, it was very clear without explicitly saying it that his character was gay well, you've got a 20 minute scene of the rock throwing all his luggage into the river right after that point i don't think there was any disputing it no and and yes <laughs> Uh, I could see how one could argue that certain choices with the character are very much a stereotype. However, I think Jack Whitehall's performance actually, especially as the film goes on, does a really nice job to humanize that his character and have right. more to it. And this scene in specific that I'm talking about, I thought hit really well for me. It, it was nice to see. Yeah. I turned to Amber and said, well, this is a scene they could easily cut to get the movie released in China because, as we know, China has zero tolerance. Which it probably will be cut, probably unfortunately. Probably will be, which is a whole other thing. Um, but 
what really I loved about it was the Rock's character, like Frank Francisco Frank's reaction to it. Like, okay. He was like, okay, that that's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, that they're, you know, very slowly and, you know, one could argue cynically just for representation for representation sakes, folding these things into these big budget family adventure movies. I, I thought this was a really good example of how you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. It's not groundbreaking. It's not going to win any glad <laughs> awards, but I think it's a good step forward and despite initially in the movie being a little worried that, oh, God, this is a really over-the-top gay caricature, that's not how I ended up seeing it. I thought Jack Whitehall and the writing created a more nuanced, silly, sure, over-the-top, sure, you know, lots of good jokes, but he felt by the end like a fleshed-out well, human. I have, I have a statement on that, and I was thinking about it. Um, so in a lot of cases... The, the stereotype kind of comes with a an awkward trope mm-hmm. and they kind of make him into a joke but slowly ease him into being a human so like they start off in a comfort zone for people who may not be ready to have that sort of connection to the character or understand that information and then they ease you down that road and to that place and it's very interesting how it works and i thought it was a very good way to tell the story and to kind of give his character credence because the story's not about his character. Yeah. The story the story's about, you know, the main characters. So Lily and uh and Frank. And you just got you got that little bit of depth that was slightly important for extrapolation and then you moved on. And it, it was perfect. They touched on it easily and it was it just moved forward. Yeah, and, and I like too how, you know, I found myself wondering at a certain point, like, why is this character even bothering to go on this journey in the jungle? He doesn't seem like the type of person who would want to do it. But then when you sort of find out that uh, their family disowned him, but Lily, Emily Munn's character stood by him, it makes sense. They have this like beautiful loyalty to each other, this like acceptance and understanding and this like very powerful sibling relationship within the context of a Disney adventure movie, I feel like I always need to add that caveat because people, when you say things on shows like this, will take anything you say out of context, but um, it worked. I thought, I thought it was a really nice touch that added something extra that to me, again, as someone who considers himself queer, um, yeah. it, it worked for me. Yeah. I, I liked like how they executed it. My, my problem with, uh, Disney though when they do this kind of stuff is most of the time they tiptoe around what they're trying to get across but then in anticipation of the movie being released they pat themselves on the back for doing such a thing it's more like listen if you're gonna have these kind of characters portrayed on screen just have them be gay like st- just come out with it like you like with the whole yeah. beauty and the beast thing where like oh this is our first openly gay character and so- it was nothing I always I, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I do always wonder how much of it is Disney actually patting themselves on the back or the media machine hearing one snippet and, and creating their own narrative out of it. Because when all these websites write about it, uh, I'm sure that's what Disney wanted, but you know, it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that the same journalists that end up lamenting Disney for patting themselves on the back are the ones who wrote the article about 
you know, LeFou is gay in Beauty and the Beast. That's uh, a fair I, point. I felt of, of all of the examples of this yeah. sort of thing, this was was maybe handled the best. And it 100%. does it does tiptoe around it a little bit, but but it's more explicit than a lot of movies. And considering when and where this movie takes place, I mean, words like gay and queer and all of that were not even really in the lexicon anyways. Yeah, we can't all be uh, David Rose with his beautiful wine speech. Right. <laughs> you know, this was, you know, That's in true. the early 1900s. Especially, like, in that time, it... it it happened, but it wasn't widely acceptable at all. And so, sure. it, yeah. So, I mean, you had to you had to hide and like do do schemes like you you know a gay man marries a lesbian woman and they have kids and then they have partners. Oh, you read that story too? I did. That was so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> we we follow a lot of the same people and read the same articles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we're actually one person. We just have like mastered like Doctor yeah. Strange, where we can like project into two. Huh. That like, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I literally, reminder, so Bobby saw this, but you guys didn't. I was wearing the same jacket on the plane and to the house, and I was literally going to wear it for the review, and then I was like, okay, I'm not going to twin. We're not Should doing I, I mean, I think you kind of just put yourselves on blast. You just revealed the secret, but I mean, I think that would have been a nice Easter egg to have that you guys are one person wearing the same I, things. We did once... She did once pick me up at the airport <laughs> so we could go to Universal Studios. We did not plan it, and we were legitimately wearing the same tea turtle WandaVision shirt. We didn't shirt. notice oh. it immediately. We didn't notice it. It we took a little flash. driving Universal. I was like, wait. Like, the same shirt. What the hell? It's just the sort of stuff really that happen. ends so, up happening with us. So, yeah, the jacket was that. within reach. It just happened that way. This is what we do. I like this look, though. Now it's it's – and there we go. Do you have a Palpatine impression now, Amber? warm <laughs> i love this, this. my impression <laughs> just sitting with the hood up he he makes this like really weird face when he's under the hood he's like this he's like <laughs> and he walks kind of like this <laughs> like Ian, what are you doing <laughs> that's pretty much half of his palpatine performances oh, <laughs> i love i I'm loving what's happening right now. Um, this is why we get paid the big bucks. We are consistently like this. Um, it's exhausting. It's now 2.30 in the morning and you have this kind of energy still. This is pretty pretty impressive. I have to work at nine. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, what, what was going on with the villains in this movie? Did we need two? I felt like they should have just picked a lane because, I mean, Jesse Plemons... I kind of wish he went more wacky than what he did. Like, I loved what he was doing, but I kind of wanted him just full, like every scene he was in, just being over the top, like Dr. Evil. I mean, look, he has a scene where he argues with the beast. So I don't know how much more over the top. That's true. Um, I hear, I hear what you're saying about the two villains thing, but I think once they brought sort of the supernatural and magic into it, the mythology it kind of makes sense especially in there the are world. actually more than two villains because if you think about it paul giamatti, yeah, paul giamatti is a villain. Too. um you've got like a I, lot of different people i, I think, think that are it, playing a it, rat race game. it worked because for the most part the villains were aligned and wanted the same things it's not the type of movie where you have a lot of villains and they're all doing different things like everyone had the same goal they were all after um the tear of the moon uh 
something like is that. Is that what it's Tears called? No. I have no clue. Tears of the Moon. Um, um, but like, another MacGuffin. Yeah, I MacGuffin. That, yeah. I think the most important piece here is that they were all aligned in their desires, but they were all ready to also be villains to one another. So they were ready to like stop each yeah, other the in, their, yeah. in their aims. So, well, and, and I think we mentioned this, I don't know, when you stepped away or a little before that, you know, the big twist in the movie being that the Rock's character is actually one of the, the members right. of the tribe who got cursed. Then it made the fact that there was a secondary villain played by the great Edgar Ramirez um, in a, admittedly fairly thankless role he doesn't have much to do extremely um, forgettable um, like it that that works so you have the human villain who's the more you know present and fun villain to watch and then you have like the supernatural it almost it almost feels like you know in a james bond movie like uh you know jesse plemons is blofeld and edgar ramirez is is like jaws Mm. Right. It's like villain and henchman because he's the, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, Edgar Ramirez's character, Aguirre, um, which basically makes this movie a sequel to the Werner Herzog film, uh, is the henchman. He's there to carry out the the muscly work for Jesse Plemons. Uh, although I could probably write a 3000 word essay on how the true villain of this movie, the one really pulling the strings is the beast. Hmm. I would be That's a thinker. Who I don't have the time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm very I'm busy. Very busy man. I have to go to Bouget and shop for a while. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> no. I mean no. that that whole Edgar Ramirez character and that whole storyline is like straight pirates. I, oh, pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Oh, I, rem- I remember. I think it was the second full trailer they released. And even seeing the look of the characters, I was like, this feels just like um, Javier Bardem. From in five some of the pirates movies, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people unfortunately confuse Javier Bardem and and Edgar Ramirez. Anyways, that's actually very true. Because I, I mean, the the two characters kind of look similar, yeah. but so you know, I get it. I, but I the actors call, themselves go yeah. with what works. Call these characters great, but they worked, and I do think Jesse Plemons is a fucking. I don't know if you curse on here. A fucking delight sure. in this in this movie. All I'm saying is that they finally improved and got back to the model that they needed to be on for these movies. The only yeah. movie that actually resonated with me because of the subject material was Tower of Terror until we got to Pirates and we got five of those freaking swashbuckling adventures. And, th- you know, I I could sit here and complain about the fourth one, but I like them all and I'm happy with them all. Um, but this, I think... I think Amber was alluding to this earlier. I don't know, you know, I think as I've been saying, the success of this movie needs to be gauged under the proper context. We are still in a pandemic. I think less people are going to the movies now than even two months ago with new fear over the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. It did pretty well on premier access. I think this is a movie that's going to play long-term. I think it's something people continue to discover and enjoy. Yeah. This would be a perfect movie if they were so inclined to launch like a Disney lore or slash Disney park cinematic universe. Society of explorers and adventurers. Like if you wanted to bring the Tiki room into this, if you wanted to bring the society of explorers and adventurers, if you, a part of that. yeah, exactly. If you wanted to bring all that stuff into it, it could be really fun. 
Because I could definitely see a sequel to this movie where The Rock and Emily Blunt start the society and start going on other adventures that they bring in stuff from other classic Disney attractions. That's almost precisely what I said when we were in the society meeting at the end when Jack Whitehall's character is like, nah, we don't want to be a part of your society. And I'm like, they they need to bring this in. the, The one other thing I wanted to touch on, and obviously you can speak to this with more experience than me for obvious reasons, is movie has a really nice feminist bent to it yeah um every you know every time they talked about how a woman was wearing pants the way that the the society treated her the way that she was a really capable strong woman who didn't really need help from anyone and kicked her own ass you know made her own decisions fought her way through you know and and showed those old stodgy men that they can go screw themselves. I I was really delighted by it. I know that a movie is doing something right when user reviews on like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes are people lamenting how it's just another piece of uh, SJW woke propaganda. If that's the sort of thing you're getting, then I'm like, yeah, well done. Good, good work. Disney. (laughs) I loved it. Um, I, it's really, really nice. And I mean, I grew up with Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. who had to be saved by somebody for the most part and you know and now i'm finally seeing a doctor in you know dr lily hoffman and you know going and basically saving the world so yeah it's pretty nice it's very female positive she can do literally anything oh my god the yawning it's so terrible at this point um, i'm like i'm dying um <laughs> but like she can do anything she's an inspiration to not only like probably these little kids that might be seeing this, but also me in my 37 year old glory where, you know, I have all these beautiful, brilliant plans and I don't do any of them because I feel like I can't. And it's a, it's a nice patient. You can. Thank you. You're doing a great (laughs) job, Amber. Give yourself more credit. Will you? Well, that's, you know, not to, you know, that's why I liked Raya a lot too. Yeah. Or even, you know, uh, the frozen movies. Uh, Frozen two, Frozen far two outstrips Frozen. We the first Frozen. we absolutely agree on that. We've had many well, many discussions. Okay, I also worked Frozen Summer Not Fun. I'm sorry, Frozen Summer Fun. Oh, I went to that. So I had one of those VIP passes. I have PTSD <laughs> from it. I had a VIP pass. P- it was called P- Stand Here at This PT Frozen D. Yeah, that Stand Here at This Fountain and get snoped on. Isn't PT Frozen D that thing where you can't get it up because you live in Antarctica? Never mind. That's a whole. Other thing. That's this is the wrong show for that. <laughs> Sorry, I thought this was an unwind. I'm lost. Save it I've for lost. the Mets show, will you? I've lost the plot. No, but like, so I can't hear music from like the first Frozen movie, like any of the beat, yeah. like any of well, the songs similar. in the second one are better, anyways. I will well, fight to yes. the death on that. Well, but even even just, I think he disagrees with us. I don't agree with that at all. Oh, they totally into like, the un- into the unknown. Show yourself in Lost to the Woods are significantly better than any song in the first Frozen. I have. I have some videos <laughs> for you to watch that might actually change your mind. Howard Hope. Okay. Yep. And I didn't like Frozen 2 at all. Oh, we just love wasn't. It. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was an improvement on the first Me one. Me too. I like it better Hands than the first down. by far. But I still have PTSD when I think about Frozen Summer Fun. I, I went to that. It was a disaster. Going from the Dallas BGM the, the at the main they, entrance the to like. The fact that they've <laughs> moved that show from like a rinky dink, like makeshift theater into a main theater i'm like this is the best y'all can do anyways you mean the no, stage I love it. middle of like yeah. middle of the park that's not a rinky dink never mind um 
Well, speaking of music, I mean, the score in this is like every John Williams score James ever. James Howard, right? Um, yeah. James Newton Howard. I've been, I liked it. I've been listening to it. It's actually really good. It was really funny um, because we went to go catch our Uber after the movie when we had to walk 15 miles across Disney And they Springs. were blasting the score all throughout Disney Springs. I just Springs. walked oh up with God. my phone, like Shazamming it. I'm like, um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of film scores. Like, it's one of my favorite things to listen to. This one's, Nerd. yeah. Yes. 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 Um, we're, we're all nerds here, Amber. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're, it's we're, just really we're, funny. We're, we're, we're recording a podcast about Jungle Cruise at 2.38 in the morning. Of course we're nerds. Oh, and for the first 40 minutes, we didn't even talk about the Jungle Cruise. Um, nope. Yeah, I think this is a really solid score. It actually has a really nice, hummable main theme. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I love how they brought in the Metallica. I thought that was such a badass choice. That really works. Um, yeah, he did. A, he's a, it's a really solid score. It's and the last thing we can touch on here, this this like we said, this movie cost two hundred million dollars, and I think that they were hoping to turn this into a franchise, but unfortunately, it just—I mean, it did well enough at the box office, considering you know it, it the is Delta variant and everything. Impossible, but it just... impossible to look at these numbers with any sort of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we're I, not seeing Disney Plus numbers, it's well, just, they said it made. 30 they said thirty million. million so, and and the thing is, I feel like were this movie to have opened in a non-COVID timeline, it probably could have opened to fifty or fifty-five million. Yeah. So when you combine the two, <laughs> it did about that. So I do think we could see a follow-up. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping they just eat the cost and do it. Come on, I, Bob. Chief, I, I, do I don't. Right I, I don't. I don't know if it's gonna lose. I don't know if it's gonna lose money because I feel Stealing like I, I, I don't fine. know. Well, it's, Amber, it's you're hard. never making it into a Disney park again. It's fine. Bye. It's hard to determine like what kind of value besides monetary that they're getting from this because well, I don't feel like there's a lot of buzz around the movie either. Um, we'll see like what repeat business there is, if any, in the coming weeks, box office wise. Um, but I mean. I don't know. I'm hoping there will be some. But, Black you know, Widow did like 60 million on Disney Plus, so for this to do half, um, I don't well, think that's Mar a great. Marvel, well, Marvel is true. Marvel is I mean, for them to do 100%. half, also as a, as a Disney theme park attraction I don't movie, think that might actually be good. It's any surprise that the movie's already being pirated like crazy, but yeah, you know, now that Disney and other studios have their own dedicated streaming services, it's more complex than just how much money did it make because they're now considering so many other factors as to what is a success and what brings value to their brand, especially when you have something that is tied into one of their theme parks. Yep. Um, yep. It, it's hard to say, but I think it's too early to call it a failure. And I think to discuss it at all without the very explicit context of we are in a pandemic uh, the fear is exacerbated again because of the Delta variant and because of, um, well, I'm not going to go political on this, but it, please get vaccinated. Um, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's unfair to, 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 to judge it with any sort of normal box office standards. Yeah. It's, you can't, you can't really put the numbers out there. The, the metrics are just not there. You can't compare them to anything rationally. The only thing you can, can compare them to is what opened at the exact same time. You can't even compare week to week. It's I because every week is a different. It's a different sh like shifting goal. Yeah. Um. They they literally just keep moving the line, and it's. I mean, hopefully, 
soon we will actually be back to a real place of, you know, normalcy. But until that's a thing, we're going to have to get used to. I mean, I don't think we're seeing a billion dollar movie for a while. No, unfortunately not. I mean, right now I think it's F9 in the lead. It's got like $650 million. And even that, I mean, the last one made over a billion dollars. So for 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) But I think we would all be down for a Jungle Cruise too. Like, and Absolutely. honestly, I think it could be better than this one because now you have the mythology out of the way. You can just have these characters go on adventures and have fun with it. Um, so yeah, I think Jungle Cruise two. It's a possibility. They definitely and, and they, that, they want a franchise out of this thing. That's what it boils down to. Like, would I like to see these characters on another adventure? Yes. Yeah. And that's and that's thank you for that's what I wanted to bring up when I was sort of alluding to it earlier. One of the things I really liked about this movie is it tells a complete story. Yeah. They don't waste any time setting up potential sequels that we may or may not get. You know, it leaves it open ended. Wherein, yeah these characters could return and go on a new adventure. But if they don't, there's nothing lingering. There wasn't like a new character introduced in the last five minutes or a new threat, nothing. It's just beginning, middle, end. Could it continue? Sure. If it doesn't, does it feel like something is missing or do you sit there wondering what if? Not really. No, because you have this one and it's a perfectly fun time. So you just put it in the rotation. So many other blockbuster movies of the last decade that are almost more interested in setting up a franchise than they are in telling their own story. It feels like they finally made the right choice with these kinds of things. It They didn't set up the future movies, even though they dropped enough nuggets for there to be future movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I see these, but that's because I know the material, like, I, I know like, what I'm looking at, and I'm like... like I, I picture a, a much worse version of this movie where, like, they're in the car at the end driving through London and the rocks like, where are we going? And she's like, we have a meeting with a man named Walt Disney. Ooh. Cut to credits. Dun, and dun, you're, dun. you're just like, come on that sort of thing. Like, so could, I'm glad they did not. do. Yeah, that. exactly. I would have, or I would have been like, well, I, we just ruined all that. I have, I have to go see a man about some enchanted tiki birds. Ooh. That's a post credit scene. Because you yeah. always have to have one of those to well, and there you set up a franchise. Yeah, and there isn't in this one, no. no so. But, I mean, it's not to say that we're not going to see more. I hope they do more. I would be I would, I would, I would, would be enthused if they announced a sequel. Of frankly, I'd be very upset if they didn't find a way to parlay into something else. Because, I mean, the only surviving and relevant attraction movies are the ones from Adventureland right now. Yeah. Although they are making a new Haunted Mansion. and This is true. Scarlett Johansson is producing a new Tower of Terror movie, although depending on how her lawsuit with Disney Yeah, goes, I was going to say, that, that might may, not happen. That may not work out, but... Well, that was Jungle was Cruise, everybody. Movie. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Make make a movie out of every ride. Like if we're making if we're remaking all of the classic animated stuff, you might as well just go all in every you know, any, I, any I, kind I, of thing. Just I make a movie see out of a it. Gr- a great Space Mountain movie. Like what a very... would Test Track be? No, that can't be. That would be like Ford versus Is Ferrari. In it. Hey guys, welcome to the track. John Michael Higgins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to something here. We're on to something here. Oh, that cute video. I miss it so much. Yeah. Nobody cares about the new test track. Tron, if you do, Tron, Tron track. 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 
So we're going to move on to the pick perfect minute. We're coming to the end of the show. 60 seconds. Maxwell, you know, you know the deal with the speed round. You're in the, the first class league. You got yeah. all the speed. This isn't trivia, just straight up movie questions. It's a fun time. Okay. Um, you know, 246 in the morning. We're all winding down here. So boy, yeah. this this is this has been a hell of a show, I'll tell you that. Um you know what? Let's 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 have Amber go first. Um, oh, Amber, are you oh. ready? Sixty seconds on the <laughs> clock. Sure, let's go. All right, and the clock starts now. Favorite movie snack? Popcorn. Favorite movie drink? Uh, grape Dasani water. Oh my god! Star Wars <laughs> or Marvel? Marvel. James Bond or Mission Impossible? Oh wow. Mission Impossible. I've never seen a Bond movie. Yikes. If you could see one movie for the first time again, what would it be? Kill Bill. Comedies or dramas? Uh, Comedies. Scarlett Johansson or Emma Stone? Emma Stone. Seat in the front, middle, or back of the theater? Uh, Back. Dolby or IMAX? Dolby. Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler? Jim Carrey. Batman or Superman? Batman. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Lights on or off when watching movies at home? Lights off. Physical media or digital movies? Physical media. Do you stay through the credits? Yes. Three seconds. DiCaprio or Pitt? Uh, Pitt. And that's time. Not bad. Thank you. I think you have a future in speed round. Thank Max, you. Max, you know who to call? I do. Amber, Amber how are you? Are you, uh-huh. are you good with trivia, Amber? Or not? Not I mean, really. Okay. I auditioned, so. Oh, she's good. I think that's she's actually good. how I got into my co-hosting gig. There you go. Well, I'll put in a good word for you, even though I don't really know anybody over there. I do. I do. Oh no, we lost him. I'm back. I just Yay. hit a button. I hit a button. <laughs> Buttons. Buttons. Any Chris Clark did. <laughs> Are you a lasagna with legs? <laughs> I literally thought like everything was about to die here, and we would. <laughs> Done this for nothing. Imagine, no, good. Imagine doing this when you're not on screen and you're the producer. I've done it a bajillion times, and they're oh like, "Amber, God. what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell, are you ready for your sixty seconds? Let's do it. Hands All up. Right. Yeah, no cheating. Clock starts now. Favorite streaming service? Uh, HBO Max. Have you ever shushed someone in the theater? Many times. <laughs> Do you arrive early or late to the previews? Early. Movie you've watched the most on cable? Shawshank Redemption. Ever snuck into a movie? Yes. Ever walked out on a movie? Yes. Dine in theaters, yay or nay? Yay. Denzel or Sam Jackson? Denzel. Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? These days, Ben Affleck. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson or Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Favorite movie drink? Uh, uh, Coke Zero Cherry Vanilla. I like that one better. Comedies or dramas? Dramas. Dolby or IMAX? Dolby. Are you a part of the AMC A list? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Batman or Superman? <laughs> Batman. Five seconds. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. And that's time. You are my best friend. Yes. We know this. Oh, I was literally like, I knew your answers before you would say them. I knew I your like, answers too. You Amber, knew exactly what I. 
Whatever. Tell me. Although to be fair, I have kind of gotten on the grape water train. It's pretty good. It tastes really good. It does. You'd be surprised. And there's like, so we're both, we both like lost a ton of pounds like over the pandemic. So that must that's be nice. our, that's our, it was, it was, it what, was very nice. What you lost, um, I gained. Well, and you can have it. Enjoy. Yeah, you, thank you. We, we've gained a little bit back because we eat very well sometimes. Um, that's what happens when you go to Disney and eat for like 10 days. Well. It was so good though. There's so many snakes. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> not snake, not snake. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was grape water. It's grape water all the time. Grape or like the lemon water is really tasty. Like all of it is good, but not the sparkling, just the flat water with a flavor. Out of everything to get out of that Coke freestyle machine, you choose flavored water. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, when I go to Horror Nights, I also get like, so I get um, flavored vitamin water. I like vitamin water. Vitamin water, I'll accept. Uh, flavored Dasani or whatever the hell, I, I don't. Good. It tastes really good. It does. You would be surprised because if you got it in a bottle, it would taste like trash. But you get it in a freestyle machine where they can actually add good syrup. I've gotten to the point now actually where I went to a... Uh, I didn't realize that at some point during the pandemic. So I was out of a list for a week. So I went to a Regal <gasps> and Regal. How also dare to, you? Know, right? Regal also used to have freestyle machines, but I guess at some point in the last year, they switched to Pepsi. And oh. I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting my grape Dasani. I was kind of disappointed. I was looking forward to it. There's nothing worse than you go to a restaurant or like <clears throat> city field has this problem too. I, I don't mind diet Pepsi. I, I actually quite <sighs> like diet Pepsi, but generally like, Coke freestyle machine is where it's at. Dude, I, we know. Most disappointing thing is when you go to a place and they have Pepsi instead of Coke. I'm like, what? What are you doing here? What? What? What's going on? I like it sometimes, I but mean, it's sweeter than Coke. And you're like, the only good thing is if they have Pepsi, they probably have Mountain Dew, and I do really. That's like a good that. point. And usually, dependent on the dependent on the distributor, they might have Dr Pepper. True, because mm. Pepsi tends to be a carry with Dr Pepper. Although in the South, Dr Pepper goes with Coke. Yeah. And in the freestyle machines, they have Mr. Pibb, which is not Dr. Pepper. He didn't, even go, he didn't even go to medical it's like, school. It's like when you show up somewhere and they're like, here's this Dr. Thunder. And you're like, this isn't Dr. Pepper. Get this out of my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ending on a sour note. I'm just like, oh, God. Dr. Pepper says Mr. Pibb. Anyway. Well, guys, this was a pleasure. Um, <laughs> this is we're an hour and a half into this thing. How long do your shows normally go? Uh, typically like 60 to 70 minutes. Okay, so we're not too far off. It's okay. not that bad. The how longest did one... How long did go? How long did he talk? With? That one was around an hour, hour five, I want to say. I, we, I, I can all but guarantee we are definitely far sillier than Adam Collins. 100%. 100%. But, but if you get him going, he can... He oh, can he roll, can... Roll. He can oh, yeah. like a motherfucker. Let's, oh, not, yeah. <laughs> let, let's not doubt. For the sure. Amount, the amount of shows that we've maybe produced and modded for for video drew we also help her too uh yeah that she and adam collins now do a deep Listen, dive called why are yeah. we there, like this there is no surprise as to why amber is affectionately known as the schmoho i oh. named it myself but i named it i named pld that pld first. is like primary schmoho and then right below him is amber and i'm not saying you are frequently below pld <laughs> Mm, but. I'm better than PLD in many ways because I actually oh, like pineapple on wow. pizza. Pineapple on pizza is excellent. <sighs> PLD was my first interview for the gold standard and I gave him crap because the night before he was on Shmomi the Money and said that he didn't like pineapple on pizza and I said, yeah. you are a heathen, get out of here. What, what is pineapple doing on pizza? That's awful. I love it. I though. love it too. 
Max, aren't you a New Yorker? What are you doing here? Like, what's going on? Pineapple on pizza. I'm not going to blast him out, but he definitely didn't start as a New Yorker. I I did, actually. Did you? I lived here until I was four, and then I moved away, and then I moved back. So that time away just must have just... Listen, the, the combination of salty and sweet is one of life's great treats. Look, I'm I'm not putting pineapple on like a great slice of Grimaldi's pizza, okay? No. But if I'm if I'm getting down on some 2 a.m. I'm stone dominoes, put that. All right, well that's different. Okay. Domino's, yes, sure. So my normal pizza order, because I worked at Domino's as a manager a long time ago. Pepperoni and black olives. It's thin crust pepperoni black olives. However, if I get regular hand tossed crust, what why why why? what is with olives on pizza too? This yeah, is black olives. Black, black olives on pizza is excellent. It's, it's an umami bomb. It's so good. It gives it perfect well, salt content. He liked us for about the first hour. Yeah, he's gonna have things that he doesn't like. It's fine. He's still the, the grape water olives on pizza. No. What is hey, going on? Hey, how about Javi Baez though? Yeah, Javi Baez. That first home run where he just swagged down the first base. I, I have expected. I, like, yes. I have expected him to hit that home run and go. Meh. And no hits after that, which is lovely, just like the rest of the lineup. I'm going to continue my thought. And it's okay, great. I can't wait to hear about what other stuff you put on this pizza. We're going to do this a lot more. Um, Pepperoni. We're never going to be invited back. No, he's going to invite us back all the time. Watch it. Every week. Every week. (laughs) Uh, Pepperoni, black olives, Uh pineapple, jalapeno. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds great to me, actually. I would eat that. I know you would, because I've seen you eat. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> I've shared a pizza with you. Many times. <clears throat> Listen, this is somebody that like buys $3, $4 DiGiorno from the freezer <clears throat> from the freezer section. Um, I'm still going to judge you for the olives and the the, the damn I've pineapple. That's disgusting. Since I was... They, they pop, my mom popped me out of the womb, and I was like, black olives, please, on the pizza. And that's how that went. <laughs> Interesting first food. Interesting. I mean, actually, I think my first food was really something akin to Taco Bell or Doritos. That tracks. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that that'll bring the end to this show. Um, th- th- this was a hell of a time, honestly. Like, it's a combination between the chemistry of you two. And doing this at a super late time of the night, uh, we're all kind of punch drunk at this point. You, Amber flew in. Uh, you know, th- this is just everything just came together perfectly in this episode. And Max, you weren't even supposed to be on the show. So, I mean, it was just like. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Uh. The universe just spoke this into existence, this episode Listen. into existence. It, it, it is becoming increasingly common that when Amber and I are involved, you get two for the price of one. We are yeah. we are the greatest bogo in the space. I love that. <laughs> the greatest bogo in the space. Bogo in the space. <laughs> What's going to be real cool is when we roll into Scum and Villainy on the 14th. Oh, I can't, crap, that's in 10 days. I can't wait. It's in 10 days. Um, when we roll in there and they're like, well, there they are. The kids are here. I'm like, I'm going to wear my, my Tetris sunglasses and be like, what up? Yo, yo, yo. Just roll up. <laughs> So you guys have the floor. Plug, plug away um, as we as we wrap I mean, up here. Plug for the first hour. Yeah, uh, I know, but on, you can find her at Takara Kanashi on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitch, uh, Twitch uh, uh, Stereo, Stereo. Hold on. Stereo's last. I actually uh, I have yeah. a note. For my Give it. Mind. No, I'm gonna do your best. <laughs> 
Uh, you can find her over on the Let's Get Ready Network. She hosts what FCL show every Tuesday night talk after the FCL is live called the Gold Standard. Uh, she's on LGR Reviews where they do reviews on stuff like Loki. Uh, she's also part of the Off the Rails Network, as I talked about at the beginning. We just rebranded, formerly the PJCN. Uh, every Sunday we do a show live called the Unwind. And if you enjoyed what you just saw over the last 90 minutes, you are definitely going to enjoy the Unwind because it's a lot of this. Plus, you normally get people like PJ Campbell, Sean Sullivan. <laughs> Dan Nye and Bacon Gifts. Uh, she <laughs> is a, a mod over at Video Drew's Network doing stuff like quizzes, telling Garth to pick that name up. He loves dropping them. Loves names. dropping that names. Uh, and you do me. That's what she said. Boom. Anyway, Got so Cinema Maxwell on Twitter and he's Cinema Maxwell Inc. on Instagram. I don't know what else you're on. Can you just everywhere uh, off, he's everywhere everywhere he's Cinemax in the universe only instagram so cinemaxwell is everywhere else um he does basically all the same things that i do <laughs> like, <laughs> off the rails network video drew you catch me competing in the fcl yeah can it confirm or deny if i have a match coming up in the next two to three weeks but maybe could be could keep be. an eye out could be a thing this is going to be the longest description of an episode just with all of the plugs that just went down my head is spinning um, so I'll that'll be fine. Yes, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just, uh, this has just it's been like a fantastic episode and, and the most important plug of all catch us three with our new Mets podcast. It's, it's going such, to happen. It's such a shame that there's already a podcast called Shay anything. Cause that's so oh, perfect. God, I got, I'm going to, I'm going to rack my brain for a pun, a movie pun based Mets podcast name. And we're legitimately going to do it. 100% I am in. Um, you can find me at Bobby is gross on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on Letterboxd as well. I love the Letterboxd. I'm addicted to Letterboxd. Please you follow me there. Um, at Pick Perfect Cast on Twitter. Uh, you're watching this video or you're listening, but available on YouTube, Picture Perfect, everywhere, all the streaming podcast platforms. Um, I tell everyone every week, you know, just subscribe and leave a thumbs up. That doesn't happen. So I'm just going to not tell you that anymore. So it'll just be the opposite Listen, effect. Subscribe, like the video, share it with your friends, or I will come to your house with my Louisville slugger and make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends. And if Maxwell goes, so does Amber, because it is a BOGO. Um, so guys, thank you for being on the show and we will catch you next week on picture. Perfect.